Black Lives Matter. Duh. Y'all heard? Hey, everybody. This is Y'all Heard. Podcast for me, Marissa Phillips. And me, Pete Phillips. We, at a safe distance, take a deep dive into various topics about the world around us that may reveal a little bit about us and a little bit about you, too. That was the least despicable You know why? Because because I took out the part about the shark cage. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Literally, when Pete does this, I just, like, half, like, just, like, I leave my body because I'm so disgusted. I was going to say, deep dive, and then there was going to be a shark tank so that we could stay safe but still see what's happening. And I was like, no, 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 let's cut all that out. Marissa's going (laughs) to... Thank you. See, now next time you could be horrible, but for the intro back to our old intro, thank you for taking it easy, guys. You're welcome. In other words, we'll tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. Uh, Peek behind the curtain, we just recorded an episode the other day. Yeah. So I'm not going to tell... I mean, I don't know. Do you want to tell me something about anything about life? I hated Thursday and Friday. Basically, I've hated everything since we recorded. <laughs> today is Friday. You yeah. hate today? Uh-huh. Okay. But, um... So, okay. like, my work is awful. Yeah. And there's just uh, too much of it. Yeah. And today I have a, uh, an assignment due for my class on Monday, and I got... One that's plagiarized, like purchased. Uh, one that is for a completely different class that the person wrote in in the fall of 2019. Okay. And I'm uh-huh. just like, what the hell am I supposed to do with these people? <laughs> Did the person who plagiarized come from another country? Yes. That's the only, not that it's okay, but I will only accept that if they came from another country and maybe they don't know who, how things work here. But if a person he's born three classes here, away from graduating in no, America, so then he's dumb. Uh, anyone born in America purchases a paper. You're a dumbass. Mm-hmm. Do you really don't think technology could like find that really fast? I don't know. I don't know either, Marissa. So oh, to yeah. turn myself around today, I made peanut butter chocolate granola. Um, and then over the past few days, I also painted my toaster. Yeah. And <laughs> what color? Black. Okay. Oh, here's a good here's a good thing. Many y'all heard. Okay. If you want to paint a toaster, you need to get heat safe ah. spray paint, and it exists for up to two thousand degrees. <laughs> Why did you want to paint a toaster? Well. It looked bad. Like, the top of it looked like it was burned. Okay. And every single time some people in my life would look at it, they'd be like, you should get a new toaster. Like, why does your toaster Who look so stupid? Who are some people? Uh, pretty much any family member that visits. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not getting a new toaster because this toaster works just fine. And I don't understand why. We always have to keep buying new things and creating more waste in the world. I'm going to live out with this... <laughs> toaster and everything's going to be great i've had this toaster since college and it still works perfectly fine heirloom. so i just spray painted it and it i won't say it looks like a brand new toaster because that's stupid but it does it doesn't look burnt 
<laughs> okay, well, good. I'm glad. Yeah. Fun fact, I've never owned a toaster since I moved out of my parents' house. Uh, you don't know what you're missing. Just, it just seems like an unnecessary luxury. I put toast in an oven. You are psychotic. I was just going to make a joke. What do you put I bread in the oven? I was supposed to make toast. You think I'm not eating toast all this time? Yeah. You think someone could live without eating toast? I eat toast like all the time. I eat waffles. I eat toast. I eat, I don't know, something else you toast. I do it on the oven all the time. Anyway, uh, you're a monster. Shut when up. When it comes to a waste of resources, I would say that firing up an entire oven for two pieces of bread <laughs> sounds a little bit... When I paid my utilities, I had to have a conversation with my roommate about how we needed to budget our toast habits. <laughs> uh, I don't pay my utilities. They're included, and I yeah. pay enough. So you know what? I just want to ask you some professional advice. Because Pete, Pete seems like people really like and respect him. Right. <laughs> no matter what happens. Meaning he's done some things. But people still, actually, I'm a very with me. I'm a very polarizing figure. Yeah, I would say I've done something. There's a lot of a holes who hate me, and a lot of nice people who like me. And you know what? I pride the latter. I am in charge of something in my job that all of my management is so excited about. Like every time I do something, they're like, "Oh my god, this is so awesome!" Mm, and they're like, "Oh." I think oh. I know what it is. Yes. I, mean, I think so. And they're just like, oh, man, we want to see the analytics. Oh, we want to make sure more people are coming to this. And I'm like... Nothing worse than a boss who's jerking off the analytics. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> no, but I just like... No, I guess not even advice. Because I would be supposed to be like, so I need to feign the excitement? No, I'm not going to feign the excitement. Never mind. I don't need advice. I, I've decided that I, too, will just, you know, be the polarizing <laughs> figure that I am at times. I do work with people who, like... Uh, are better at putting on a show. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to lie, they, they get farther in the <laughs> in the world. You but know like, what? That is true. It's, if, if uh, to me, like, if it's an ingenuine feeling, sorry, like, I, I don't, uh, I don't handle those well. <laughs> so, yeah, during the meeting, it was an audio meeting, and she just kept going, being like, blah, 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 and I was like, I just kept literally saying, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, and I think she wanted me to be like, oh, yeah. But in that situation, if you put on the hat that you think you should be wearing, you would do what you just did. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. This is going to be awesome. And, yeah. and like to me, it's like you could tell I'm faking so hard. Why do oh, you want yeah. that? <laughs> also, I don't think she said it back. But I have another polarizing figure in my job. <laughs> what? Did you tell her what? you love her? No, no, no. I have another polarizing figure in my job that I said something and she said she was going to tell my boss, which I was like, maybe she was joking. But I was like, maybe she did tell my boss where she's going to be out from work next Friday. So instead of my boss being like, tell Marissa to cover your job when you're gone, she said, ask Marissa if she'd like to cover your work when you're gone. So my coworker told me and I said, I mean, if it's an option, no. I said, no. <laughs> But I'll do it because it needs to be done. And I was like, yeah. if she asks if I wanted to do it, feel free to tell her no. But I have to do work because this is my job. So part of me wonders if she really did tell my boss that. But you know what? I lack excitement, but I'm very good at doing something despite lacking excitement. Yeah. And I want everyone who employs me to know that. 
And there's there. Uh, I kind of get to the point where I'm like, I mean, would you like? It's it's like that story in the Bible where the the um. It's it's one of my favorites, and I don't remember all the details. Sorry, but <laughs> but he's like, uh, sons. I you know what? I could be totally bastardizing this, but it's like, sons, get out there and and plow the fields or something. And the one son's like, are you fucking really? Like, do I have to do this right now? But he goes out and he does it. And yeah. the other son's like, you got it, pops. I'll be there in a minute. And he never goes and does it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And the story in the in in this particular one is like, which person? And it's. It's offensive because the person that you're supposed to be is the second guy. Yeah. <laughs> you're supposed to be enthusiastic, in this case, enthusiastic for the Lord. And if you make mistakes, you'll be forgiven. Oh. But, like, you're not supposed to be like, oh, harumph, I have to go to church and I don't really want to. Or I have other things I should be doing right now um, and dragging your ass to church. You should be like, yes, I want to be at church. And then think about how you hate people the entire time. And then at the end, just go, sorry about that. Maybe next week. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it reminds me of that a little bit where it's like, I mean, you have people who work here that you can go to if you want to rah, rah, rah. Uh, And again, if it's genuine, I'll give it to you. But I don't care about this. I have a lot of um, a lot of people younger than me in my job. I'm like in the middle mid mid range age, and I keep saying, "Let my wisdom be your guide. Stop caring. <laughs> you care too much. Yeah. I don't care about anything. And anymore. it's not like if we are giving career advice related to that. It's not that you have to stop caring. It's that you have to stop Mixed expecting. No, just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> you have to like you have to stop expecting that you deserve more because you're acting like you care more. Yeah. I think that's what it is because, like, I know people who like work around the clock and they don't get you know their due for doing that, and it's like they could just stop, but people have gotten used to that, and so they kind of can't stop doing that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's perfect. That summed that up. Unless you have a meltdown, like I had. (laughs) What? I said, unless you have a meltdown, like I had, and then you sort of hit a reset button, and then you go, I'm sorry, it's time for me to leave, and I'm going to drop everything and walk out of this office. (laughs) Oh, I did that once. But what I did it for, when I explain it to people, sounds psychotic, but it's because I have issues. (laughs) (laughs) I had a fight with my coworker then took a sick day because Which is related someone to today's wanted topic. me to... What? Oh, well... <laughs> wait, no. Oh, wait, we still... No, I can't segue because we we have a... We dum, have dum, a... Dum, 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 Icebreaker. But anyway, uh, <laughs> just because somebody told me to pick up somebody's project and I was so mad that I would have to pick up a project that was in process that I wasn't at the beginning of that I just became unhinged and to most people be like get over it and i was like no i don't want to <laughs> i need things a certain way yeah but again i think like you're a valuable if you're a valuable employee they'll let you process that because they know that you'll get it done you know yeah so this is a rant but th- uh, then you could push it too and you could just be like i'm not coming in for the next three months because i'm overwhelmed <laughs> <laughs> Then you probably um, shouldn't be working there. Yeah, this this is this would all make a good segue. I feel like that was ranty. Feel free to cut some of that out when you're editing. I feel like I just went on. Icebreaker. Do you have an icebreaker? 
I have a one-way icebreaker. So it's one where you tell me something and no one and nothing else happens. No, I ask you a question and you answer it for me. Okay, it'd be funnier if it was the other way. But go ahead. <laughs> Marissa, um, what's a Dorito? Uh, a nacho made by that company that makes Doritos, Frito Lay or something. Okay, so a nacho. What's a nacho? A nacho is a fried tortilla. Okay. Okay. So then, do Doritos have specific, like, flavoring on them? Yes. There's no plain Dorito. Okay. Is that why they're orange? That's, they're not all orange. Oh, really? Are you making fun of me? No, I'm not. What would I be making fun of? I literally have never had Doritos in my entire life. I've had tortillas. What the fuck are you doing? What? I feel like you're trolling me. Are you trolling me right now? No, I've had tortilla chips at, like, a Mexican restaurant. Oh, so that was a real question? Yeah, it was. It was 100% real, and uh, <laughs> you gave me everything I needed. Thank you. Pete, Doritos are, like, life-changing. <laughs> and they orange is yellow. They, uh, well, not yellow. They're orange. The orange ones are cheese Dorito, nacho cheese. Then there's cooler nacho ranch. Nacho cheese. Yes, nacho cheese. And then there's Cooler Ranch. Gross. Which ranch is sounds gross, but it's fucking amazing. It's not like it's not like your fucking Hidden Valley Ranch shit. It's, it's a ranch like, with sunglasses on. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then those are the main flavors. Those are like the default flavors where you say Doritos is one or the other. But they have like a whole bunch of other flavors that they've come out with, like limited edition or stuff like that. Doritos are amazing. Doritos are nothing like nachos. They have like so much flavor. There's flavor on every single inch of it. So much so that it's a totally different color. What if I like a tortilla chip, like a nacho? Okay, well it's good because it's a tortilla chip, but with a whole bunch of flavor on it. So instead of dipping, it's like it's already on there. It's like powder. Yeah, you could dip it, but that would be like a little bit overkill. Right. Yeah, sometimes I'll dip, but but. Just because it's there and I don't have dip every day, so I feel like I need to make use of the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, uh, I recommend buying both, buying a cooler ranch and a nacho. Oh no, cheese. I'm not going to eat them. Why? I mean, I made it this far in life. No, no. When I visit you, I'm bringing Doritos and we're eating Doritos. My mom and got you... these Weight Watcher snacks, and it says tortilla chips yeah. on it, and I was like, oh, tortilla chips. I swear to God, this happened. Yeah. I'm like, oh, tortilla chips. They serve those at Mexican restaurants. <laughs> sure. And I opened the bag and I ate one and I was like, these look like Doritos. <laughs> yes, that's how dumb I am. <laughs> Wait, were they flavored? It's like there's like salt on them. I don't. I think I don't think. No, there's that's a not a flavor to them. There's no play again. There's no just salt Doritos. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a fascinating thing, uh, guys. I wanna. Remind you, I've said in the podcast, Pete hadn't eaten, like, Chinese food when I met him. Mm -hmm. So, or all sorts of things. So much so that I made a list of things that he needed to try. Never, never in my life would I have thought Pete hasn't had a Dorito. (laughs) I like, like though, that that could be a way of trolling you. I mean, because, yeah. Marissa, what does a strawberry taste like? (laughs) uh, Remember that time I had a strawberry that tastes like ham? (laughs) I remember the time you had a baked potato that tasted like the Salvation Army. The smell of the Salvation Army. Yep, <laughs> guys, I've had some dark time in <laughs> Anyway, there's no segue. Hi, Marissa, it's Damie Lou here. I wrote this song for you, and uh, yeah, I hope it makes you smile. Mm-hmm.
was a sunny day. There wasn't much to say, so I went outside for some afternoon tea. But then I smelled something that made my nostrils sting. I looked to the ground, and there it was. It was big and brown, with flies all around, and half of it was underneath my shoe. It was a big duty. I stepped in a chunk of duty. I hope it's not a human duty, 'cause that would be disgusting. So much for my afternoon tea. All I'm thinking about's a duty. I hope duties are easy to wash off. I hope you like that little thing. Are you impacted by the feelings of those around you? Do people describe you as commercial? <laughs> empathetic? Maybe. Perhaps you have always had the ability to feel emotions and physical symptoms of others as、okay. if they were your own. If this rings true in your life, you may be an empath. Okay. Now let's talk about. No, I like that. Is it Jeff Foxworthy? Like. <laughs> Oh, I like that a lot. If、like、you、that. walk into a room and you're sad because everybody else is, you, you might be an empath. Oh man, that's really fun. How did I miss that? Um, okay, so I am first going to talk about why I wanted to research this,、uh, and then we'll go into what it is, and we'll ponder whether or not we are empaths, and whether our listeners may be as well. So, I mean, if you don't pick it up from all our podcast time. Uh, and things I talk about about my life.、Uh, it goes without saying that I am an introvert, and I've also been told by a lot of people that I am quite empathetic, and I'm really good at seeing other people's perspective. And like I'm proud of that, but there is a point where I would say these all become problematic things in my life. There is well, such everything thing in my life is too much empathy.、Uh, my mother has often accused me of caring way too much, though my mother. <laughs> anyway, getting too affected by all the issues that people tell me happening in their own lives and carrying their problems with me for like days, weeks at a time.、Uh, when conflict occurs in my presence, even if it doesn't involve me,、uh, sometimes I become uneasy. I get a pit in my stomach.、Uh, sometimes I can get nauseous or like really, really upset by it, even if it doesn't involve me at all. When someone is embarrassed in my presence, or even on TV, it generally, as I've aged, gotten worse. It goes beyond me like being like, "Ooh, not cool," to me like not being able to look at it and not wanting to hear it and not wanting to see the thing and having to change the channel and having to like just change the show. I just like I feel their awkwardness too much. Is this like and, a reality、um, show kind of situation? No, just even a movie, a fictional a movie. Movie who's embarrassed? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And when people around me are in a bad mood, I often can take on their bad mood, even when I don't have a reason to. So, <laughs>、uh, case in point, often when it's really great, when my partners are moody, I will become moody. I mean, there's two moody people, but I try to just be cheering them up. But somehow, I just chose to become moody because they were. These things make my life real dumb, and uh. I was just like whatever, but then I don't know how I came across 
uh, the term empath, and I wondered, ooh, am I an empath, or am I just a dramatic person? <laughs> you know, it's debatable either way. We could make an audio montage of Marissa using various words to describe herself, like intense and <laughs> unhinged and all those. So Overwhelming. <laughs> Everyone in my job likes to call me turbulent. Anyway, uh, only 1% to 2% of the population, according to Talkspace, that... Uh, that company that has like text therapy, right. uh, teletherapy, uh, only one to two percent of the population exper- experience this type of empathic sensitivity, having the feeling to f- having the ability to feel and absorb emotions surrounding them. Now, fifteen to twenty percent of the population are said to be classified as highly sensitive. If you remember our our previous episodes, Pete covered this, and you might be like, "That sounds exactly the same." But Pete told me if this is correct, but I was reading, said that highly sensitive is more about people who feel deeply and more intensely than people around them. Is that is that fair to say? It might not necessarily be true, because I was just looking at that test as well. But it's I think like a highly sensitive person doesn't necessarily need to absorb it from someone else, if yeah. that makes sense. Whereas the empath is sort of like feeling like, yeah, feeding off, not feeding off, but you know, like... Reacting the to the things around the them. The emotion does their own, whether they want to or not. Yeah. So, yeah. So, highly sensitive people feel deeply, but they still kind of don't, they don't necessarily internalize someone else's emotions. So, let's go to more about what is an empath. The stuff I'm all, I'm about to say is from Talkspace and Healthline. I tried, I made sure that I did not get sources like, New Age Path, or like mm. the Moon Presses, <laughs> because yeah, because you could go in a lot of different directions with this empath thing. But I kind of wanted to go into you know doctors acknowledge this as a real thing in some cases type of thing. Okay, so empathy means so. Oh, of course, you don't know what empathy means offhand. Not you, Pete, but just in general. Empathy means being Thank in you. tune with with other people's feelings and life circumstances. Uh, in other words. The ability to understand someone's feelings and share their feelings along with them beyond sympathy. It's like actually kind of like trying to put yourself in their shoes. Right. Uh, an empathetic person may be moved by a situation in a sort of heart-tugging, emotional manner that ultimately gives rise to kind, caring, and understanding words and actions. For example, it has to do with like extending an appropriate response when someone loses their job or expressing excitement when your friend says they're pregnant. Uh, even if both of those situations don't even personally impact you. But then there's an empath, which refers to someone who takes empathy to a significant step further. An empath is able to literally feel and take on other people's feelings as if they were experiencing those feelings themselves. Mind you, this doesn't mean like your friend's crying, so you are crying at the exact same time as them. Right. It just means like, you feel their sadness so deeply that, like, you too become sad. But it doesn't mean you, like, mirror them. I didn't watch Midsommar. Did you watch Midsommar? No. Okay. Anyway, I kept seeing this scene where, like, the girl's crying and then everyone's crying with her. It's not as dramatic as that. <laughs> um, so, Talkspace says that while there is significant research behind the feeling of empathy, there are very few studies focused primarily on empath. What is known is that empaths likely have hyper-responsive mirror neurons, which are the group of brain cells responsible for triggering feelings like compassion, 
Uh, God, I enunciate sentences weird. According to research findings, I thought the sentence is going on longer. <laughs> this makes it possible for someone to feel especially sensitive to, apparently, electromagnetic fields generated by a person's brain and heart to intuit the emotions felt by those around them. If there is an excited crowd or a group of people in mourning, the energy can be felt deep within an empath's body. For those who are more introverted empaths, they, be, they may be more sensitive to the brain chemical responsible for feeling pleasure, dopamine. In instances where too much stimulation occurs, an empath can feel overwhelmed. When overwhelmed with stressful emotions, empaths can experience anxiety, panic attacks, depression, and fatigue, and may even show physical symptoms such as increased heart rate and headache. This is because they internalize the feelings and pain of others without the ability to distinguish it from their own. So sometimes they just get like lost in someone else's emotions and might not recognize that they're taking it on and that they're taking it on from the other person rather than them developing it themselves, if that makes sense. Um, to help manage these overwhelming emotions, it is important for empaths to identify their own thoughts and feelings as much as possible and separating them from those of others. So That sounds hard. Yeah, it is. Um, so in my research, I kept running into someone called Dr. Judith Orloff. And again, I want to say like I look for specific sources for this because I you could find a lot of like spiritual new agey stuff about empaths, but I was like, do doctors acknowledge empaths or do they just like or is it just like oh they're dramatic? Um, but yeah, so, some of them do. There's actually a bunch of uh, there's a bunch of, of scientific research out there that's kind of interesting. But this lady, Judith Orloff, is the New York Times best-selling author of The Empath Survival Guide. Life Strategies for Sensitive People, and Thriving as an Empath. Dr. Orloff is a psychiatrist, an empath, and intuitive healer, and is on the UCLA Psychiatric Clinical Faculty. She, no, I'm not gonna read that. Uh, Dr. Orloff has been called, quote, the godmother, godmother, the godmother of the empath movement. She specializes in treating empaths and highly sensitive people in her private practice. So her website, which is uh, com, is a treasure trove of empaths and also highly sensitive people information. Uh, she has, like, Ask Dr. Orloff section. She, like, sells her books there. She has some other, like, like webinars. Um, and she has this quiz, the Empath Self-Assessment, where she asks 20 questions to judge your level of... Empathicness. Empath. Not empathy, because that's an empathery. Pete, did you take a test? I did. Okay. Uh, how, uh, what, what, what were you on her scale? I lost the link. Responding yes to 11 to 15. Questions means you have strong empathic tendencies. Okay. There are 20 questions, and depending on how many you say yes to, it will judge that. Okay, so 11.50. Okay. I, I think it was at like 12, maybe 13. Okay. Uh, I was at 17 and a half. 
And answering yes and to half? one of them. Because yeah, one of them I was like, eh, it's definitely in the middle. <laughs> answering yes to more than 15 questions mean that you are a full-blown empath. Uh, so I'm not going to go through all 20 questions on the air, but I'm going to name say a bunch of them just so you, like, could think about them and be like, oh, should I take test? Oh, might I be an empath? So some of these, like I said, if you answer yes, this means you have more empathic tendencies, and no, not necessarily. So uh, do arguments or yelling make you ill? Have you been labeled as overly sensitive? Uh, are you stimulated by noise, odors, or nonstop talkers? Do you have chemical sensitivities or can't tolerate scratchy clothes? Do you startle easily? Do you react strongly to caffeine or medications? Do you replenish yourself in nature? And am I overwhelmed by multitasking and prefer doing things, doing one thing at a time? So things like that. Uh, if you are interested in taking this test, go to drjudithorloff.com. Just Google Judith Orloff, am I an empath? And it'll take you there, because otherwise... Can you, you spell are, that last name? O-R-L-O-F-F. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking about that, and I was like... Um, I wasn't like, sure if it was T-H. Oh, or la f f like Frank. Um, so, I just want to say also that her, her Ask Judith, or Ask Dr. Orloff about empaths and empathy had some very fun questions... Do empaths have a harder time dealing with technology and EM radiation? Can I make myself invisible so that others will leave me alone? Do empaths get overwhelmed by remodeling and having a mess everywhere? Things like that. Again, I'm not going to go into all of them, but, you know, her, her, her website's very fun. Also, it was like shop for products, and I was like, what the hell is a product for an empath? So besides selling her book, she has an online course for combating emotional vampires. Right. That was in emotional the quiz, vampires, guys. Yeah, those are like people who suck the energy out of you and, and take a lot of emotional energy to deal with, which, you know, that that's a term people use. But in order to be taken seriously, I do think she shouldn't have used a clip art image of a Bella Lugosi-esque vampire. Because I think that made that seem real stupid. Hey. But whatever. <laughs> um, so if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, that kind of sounds like me, you might be like, so what do I do? What, what are my tools for for combating my empathy? Uh, I had an article I was going to look at, and now I don't know where it is. <laughs> I think this is a good time, though, while you look to bring up that if you are empathic, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing. It just means, you know, I think it's, as I said in the introduction, it can be a way to know yourself a little bit better. And whatever Marissa is going to talk about next um, will probably help you, yeah, like live an easier life because you're more aware. Like if you walked around without one arm and you didn't know you, you didn't have a, another arm, Life would be really difficult, but once you go like, oh, like I don't have another arm, <laughs> that's why everything's been so hard. How can I start to adapt without my second arm? <laughs> then, um, yeah, you know, like it puts you on the right track to sort of change a little bit. 
Yeah. Uh, and if you think you might be an empath, you're in good company. I would. I uh, yeah. Uh, my life makes me very tired all of the time. <laughs> Actually, when me and P live live side by side, uh, most days I would just say I am so tired. <laughs> And when anything emotional happens, I usually go like, you make me want to go to sleep. And I say those things a lot. And people are like, ha, 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 ha. Most of the time, I'm not joking. Right. That's what, a, a thing that I've liked about working at home. I just go, wow, this is really overwhelming. I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, man, I've been like, why you sleep all the time? Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm diagnosed with social anxiety. Uh, and... My mother says I am way too sensitive <laughs> and fragile. And uh, but on the flip side, people say that I am very understanding, very open-minded, and I put myself in their shoes very easily. So I'd say it's a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing because I think people really appreciate how I can really feel with them and how I can take the time to like put myself in their shoes. Uh, and it's a curse because... My life makes me tired and upset. <laughs> well, to to that end a little bit, I was like, I just Googled what is the opposite of an empath, and they end up with like sociopaths and psychopaths and narcissists. <laughs> yeah. But the thing that I was sort of thinking was, I know people who will scream at you and treat you like garbage or embarrass you in front of coworkers or something like that, mm-hmm. and it's like nothing to them. Yeah. And to me, I would much rather be like if I had to pick a handicap, I would pick the one that I have versus being somebody who's just a flagrant a-hole all the time and yeah. doesn't even know, doesn't even think about other people's, you know, situations, other people's emotions, other people's reactions, all that sort of yeah. stuff. So, yeah, I think um, I think we probably have the better of the two. Again, though, no, we're not going to get anywhere in life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. My my self awareness, empathy, and just sensitivities. Mostly my self awareness is my biggest downfall. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> um. So some of her survival tips. Um. I would say like I. I can be like, really like spiritual and like, like like earthy and new agey when I want to be and sometimes I'm like shut up <laughs> so um so I'm glad I, I like this lady a lot because she has a good balance of the two um so I'm gonna some of these I'm just like alright uh but I'm gonna say her six survival tips for empaths um I'm gonna paraphrase or at least just like read parts of them because it's a pretty big article but uh number one is move away when possible, distance okay. yourself at least, no, at least 20 feet from the suspected source. <laughs> See if you feel relief. Uh, don't err on the side of not wanting to offend anyone. Uh, See, this is the sentence where it's like, at the gathering, try not to sit next to the identified energy vampire. Physical closeness increases empathy. You know, like your, your beliefs might not, you might be like, come on, like, I can be empathetic but i'm not literally getting you know emotional waves emanating from them so it depends like you know what you believe so this one could work could not work for people breathe is the second one 
that works for everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you suspect you are picking up someone else's energies, concentrate on your breath for a few minutes. This is centering and connects you to your power. In contrast, holding your breath keeps negative negativity lodged in your body. To purify fear and pain, exhale stress and inhale calm. And picture unwholesome emotions as a gray fog lifting from your body and wellness as a clear light entering it. Three, practice, I find this corny, practice gorilla meditation. I don't like gorilla added with anything unless gorilla warfare. Uh, be sure and gardening. To, okay, oh yeah, you know what I do. <laughs> uh, be sure to meditate before the gathering, centering yourself, connecting to spirit, feeling your heart. Get strong. If you counter emotional or physical distress while at an event, act fast and meditate for a few minutes. You can do this by taking refuge in the bathroom or an empty room. If it's public, close the stall, meditate there, calm yourself, focus on positivity and love. Okay, next, set healthy limits and boundaries. Control how much time you spend listening to stressful people and learn to say no. Set clear limits and boundaries with people nicely cutting them off at the pass if they get critical or mean. Remember, no is a complete sentence. Now, I will interject here that I struggled with this maybe like 10 years ago, like severely struggled with it. Like I haven't overcome it, but like I wasn't able to do that. And at the end of college, Pete, I don't know if you remember when I uh, notoriously ghosted from everyone but you. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was before ghosting was a term I was aware of. I don't think it like existed yet, but I didn't say no, and I was so overwhelmed emotionally because someone came to me with a, I mean, someone came to me with an eating disorder, and I had to literally help nurse them back to health, <laughs> and then I had a few very toxic people in my life that I didn't know how to break the friendship, and I wanted alone time, but people always wanted my time, and I didn't know how to say no. So I reached a breaking point where I was so upset that I just didn't leave my house or interact with anyone in my entire life except for my family and Pete Phillips for like a year, two years. People <laughs> thought I was the biggest fucking dick in the world, but I didn't even know how to articulate what was happening. Like I was just like emotionally, socially overwhelmed. I was like ran out of bandwidth and that sounds so corny, but it was totally true. And I. I've apologized to some friends, and some friends say they understand. And the people that didn't understand, uh, I'm dead to them, and they're dead to me, and that's fine. <laughs> and I think, like, it's, um, I, I guess, like, eating, maybe, would be a good example, right? Like, you can cheat on your diet once in a while, and mm-hmm. that's okay. Like, and, and, you know, a lot of diets tell you to do that. Like, take a day for yourself or something like that. Similarly... This person is saying, you know, take the time for yourself, set up those boundaries. But like, if you just go, no, I'm going to eat whatever I want for the next year, uh, that is unhealthy. <laughs> and, yeah. and like, or I'm going to eat whatever I want for the next month, and that's unhealthy. And then it's going to take you all this time to come back from that. And so, yeah. yeah, it makes it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I would say that's the one that's the most important in my life. Two more. Visualize protection around you. So research has shown that visualization is a healing mind-body technique. A practical form of protection many people use, including healthcare practitioners with difficult patients, involves visualizing an envelope of white light around your entire body. Or with extremely toxic people, visualize a fierce black jaguar 
patrolling and protecting your energy field to keep out intruders. Okay. Uh, and last one. Define and honor your empathic needs. Safeguard your sensitivities. In a calm, collected moment, make a list of your top five most emotionally rattling situations. Then formulate a plan for handling them so you don't fumble in the moment. So here are some practical examples of what you could do in situations that predictably fuck with empaths. I'm just going to say a few. If someone asks too much of you, politely tell them no. It's not necessary to explain why. As the saying goes, no is a complete sentence. Ooh, that's beautiful. I am but so known for over-explaining myself. I think that's the thing. Like, a lot of people would be like, well, what's a polite way to say no? And I think that's kind of the challenge sometimes. Say, no, thank you, I'm busy. Don't say what you're busy doing. <laughs> or just say, no, thank you, maybe another time. Yeah, or like, lately I've been saying, I have a lot of things going on. Yeah, like, like that. If somebody else could, you know, take a look or something like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is interesting. If crowds are overwhelming, eat a high-protein meal beforehand. Apparently, this grounds you. And yeah, it'll make in, you fart a lot, too. I would, <laughs> and sit in the far corner of, say, a theater or party, not dead center. And if your comfort level is three hours max for socializing, even if you adore the people... Take your own car have an, or have an alternate transportation plan so you're not stranded. That is what I love to do. Anyway. Spoken by uh, someone who can't drive. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but an alternate form of transportation. Yeah. I don't like carpooling with people. Uh, and I used to have a car and I used to drive places by myself so that I could jump out whenever I wanted. So, yeah, guys. Um, that's the end. I'm trying to think of the last time I did something like that. And it is. Like, for me... It's terrifying. And I really think the last time I was in car in a car with somebody going somewhere that wasn't my family, it must have just been like going out to lunch with my boss and my coworker. And I was just like, This doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel right at all. This doesn't like Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. So yeah guys, um again, I mean, if you haven't been following well, if you're following the directory of this podcast, you'd know that my life is hard, but not because my life circumstances are hard, but because my mind makes it hard. So you know what? <laughs> learning about yourself yeah. and learning ways to deal with it is the key to getting through. So if you are an empath, you're in good company. If you have social anxiety, you're in good company. If life makes you tired, you're in good company. So, again, go to drjudithorloff.com. And uh, take her test. See if you're an empath. Let us know at 570pod1 if you're an empath or if you're like, what the fuck? None of this applies to me. You're a moron. You can tell me that, too. Yeah, Pete, any questions? Well, um, this is not a plug, so I'm going to, like, shove it in here. But as an update on highly sensitive people, there is a movie that is out now. You can uh-huh. buy it for $10, rent it for 5 And it is called Sensitive and in Love. When a seemingly unbearable flaw becomes a gift to the world. And this is inspired by the bestseller, The Highly Sensitive Person, and the global media sensation, 36 Questions That Lead to Love. The thing that's... It's about a brother and a sister who are both highly sensitive people and uh, the way that they sort of, I guess, navigate the world. But I just had to share because I think this is a really funny thing on their homepage. 
for the web or for the movie. It says uh, from the director of Oprah, Clint Eastwood, Lenny Kravitz, and the original documentary Sensitive: The Untold Story, featuring wait, 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 Alanis wait, wait, Morissette. Wait, what about Oprah and Lenny Kravitz? It says from the director of Oprah, Clint Eastwood, and Lenny Kravitz. What does that mean? Right. What does that mean? <laughs> okay. That's very weird. So they have this movie out now. Is Oprah's life a play? <laughs> Rob and Jessica grew up feeling just that, that they were born with an unbearable flaw. Da, da, da. Besides their sensitivity, the brother and sister share a traumatic childhood. Jessica is an accomplished writer in San Francisco, but every one of her romantic relationships is crashed and burned. Rob, a successful music producer in Manila, has seemingly has a seemingly happy marriage that is headed for a cliff. Rob insists Jessica come to the Philippines for a much-needed break. While there, a single mistake opens Jessica to the world, and a terrifying moment opens Rod, Rob, sorry, <laughs> to a real family connection. So there's a movie, yeah, and then they made a document. Uh, they made a documentary about the science to back this movie up as well. So if you're into the highly sensitive person, there's a couple of media cool. options for you. It's time for plugs. It's time for plugs. It's time for. But if I was going to recommend something, I recommend the book Fuck Feelings. Because this particular book did what I asked you for. It actually has specific, like, after it tells you, you know, like, tell people at work no. It gives you, like, three different ways that you can say no. Oh, I like that. And and there's times when I'm like, I just want to copy and paste something like that in. Because then if somebody's like, this sounds like it's from a book, and they Google it, and they find that it's from a book called fuck feelings then maybe they'll back the hell off i like that a lot <laughs> but um it's a very interesting book it's it's humorous and everything and okay. there's a certain like i gotta be honest with you again going back to what i said before i don't think that you should fuck feelings <laughs> and what i mean is <laughs> uh, yeah uh, I don't think that's a good way to live. I don't think it's a good way to live to just say, oh, screw everybody and screw everything. I'm worried about me, and I have to take care of me. I think there is truth to it. You have to take care of yourself before you can take care of others, but at the same yeah. time, you should still care about things. Gosh, yeah. if you don't care about anything, it's rough out there. And I many times feel like I don't care about anything, and it feels pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I... I always care about people, but I don't care about the trajectory of my life a lot, which, yes, mm-hmm. feels bad. Uh, oh, oh, I forgot. The, I didn't know how to tie it in because I didn't, like, I'm not going to go into a whole thing about the article, but I read something on Dr. Judith Orloff, and I was like, the fuck? And I was like, is this really backed by medical professionals? And, yes, it was in, like, some medical journals that acetaminophen <laughs> in studies is said to possibly... Decrease your empathy. <laughs> like it blocks pain and it kind of blocks your positive empathy. Yeah, there's something about the way that it blocks pain. My doctor told me not to take it. She said to take a leave instead. And she said because a leave treats the problem, which is inflammation, where acetaminophen just, yeah, like blocks your receptors from understanding that you're in pain or some shit like that. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. But, yeah, guys, um, oh, do I have a plug? Um, 
No. So I also want to. Well, I'm going to take your plug then, and I'm going to have two. I want to plug cheap clothes. What? I have these shorts, and they're made by Jockey, and they cost nine bucks. Oh. They're fantastic. And I want more shirts, but I want like the cheap ass, like tissue paper thin. <laughs> okay. Um, Hanes shirts that you can get in a bag of like six. Yeah, the yeah. Problem is they don't make them that cheap anymore, and Aww. I'm disappointed. H and M has paper thin t-shirts. Yeah. I mean, but they're probably not as cheap. I'm not allowed to go in there. I think I'd get arrested, right? Why? I'm too old. What are you talking about? H and M sells men's clothing. I can bring and... a teen with me, right? No, H- no, H and M is not like that. Maybe Forever Twenty One, you'd be arrested. <laughs> but um, uh, 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 Old Navy has. Excuse me, sir. You look like you're Forever Thirty Seven. <laughs> oh. Um. Excuse me. That was a hiccup. So yeah. Thank you for listening, guys. Um, yeah, Old Navy has cheap clothes. Speaking of cheap clothes, I've been buying a lot of loungewear. Oh, also, Uniqlo has amazing sweatpants. Amazing. <laughs> As a petite woman who is only 5'2", finding sweatpants that don't look so dumb are impossible. Why? Because... Why do they look dumb? What? Why do they look dumb? Because they're for people far taller than me. Okay, okay. But I'm and not saying that these are super short. I'm saying... What's, what's this place called? Uniqlo. It's like a Japanese gap. U-N-I-Q-L-O. Uh, it's in U.S. It's just a Japanese company. They have really good staples. They have really good, like, T-shirts, sweatpants, underwear. Like, I recommend Uniqlo, everyone. Yeah, so that's... That's it. Be safe, guys. Just because shit's opening up. Philly is going into Code Yellow June 5th. And that shit's going to be stupid. So, guys, even... I I am just like, if you even try to make me come back to the office, I'm going to lose my mind. (laughs) Because I have never been more productive and valuable to this institution. Right? Than I have been right now. <laughs> when I work from home, I work real hard and focus for like two, three hours, get a bunch done, and like don't do anything. When I work, I multitask the entire time and am mm-hmm. shopping while I'm doing things, so I get half of that done because there is never an hour that I just focus on work. Because I I always need to be, like, hiding when I'm shopping. But instead, (laughs) when I can just freely shop, I can just have a shop time and I can have a work time. And I realize it makes me sound crappy, but, like, the other thing is just that people appear. And (laughs) they just, like, want to chit-chat or shoot the shit. And I'm not a person who's opposed to that, but it's like, I have stuff I got to get done and then I'd be happy to shoot the shit with you. Oh, well, if you're going to be like that, okay, fine. Fuck you too, then. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a hundred percent like that too. I, I, we have so many meetings, people pop by to tell me things. I'd rather come in an email. I'd rather, rather not have an unnecessary, uh, meeting. Uh, we had this team building person, uh, this, this, this consultant come in and give, give a team building exercise. <laughs> I really, so this was right after someone who I never worked with became like the head of our department. And boy, oh boy, did she learn what I'm all about all at once. And do I think she didn't like it? Um, 
I forgot what it was, but but someone was like, have a sentence that like defines like your work attitude or like or like your work ethic. And I was just like, mine is like, can I leave and go back to my desk? <laughs> and <laughs> but this matches your your like sensitive person, empath, introversion yeah. type of thing. Because it's like, I need to get back to my home base. That's where I have control over things. When I'm stuck in these stupid-ass meetings, I can... Like, I don't know about you, but I'm just, like, thinking of the minutes that I'm wasting where I could be doing work rather yeah. than just listening to people talk about possibly maybe doing work in the future. <laughs> and it just, like, gets me so irritable. And listening to all this bullshit makes me irritable. Yeah, so, exactly. I forgot what my point was saying this was. But, oh, yeah, then I don't want to go back to the office. I was told that my department is one of the last that will go back to the office because we're mostly, you know, like, online-based. We don't really need to do much in person. But if they make us go back anytime soon, I will be such a diva drama queen. I have a note that says I am high-risk. I am high-risk. I will, like, I don't know, pee on the floor rather than share a bathroom with someone, okay? Like, I will make it so that they want me to go back home. Yeah, just go in and start coughing on everybody. Yeah. I have, like, allergies and, like, the start of a cold any day. Yeah. I, my body, I can pee anytime. I can have a cold anytime. And, yeah, I could have asked, I could have asked anytime. Guys, I'm a mess. Uh, anyway. So, yeah, hopefully I don't have to go in soon. Hopefully you don't have to go in soon. Um... Hey, so share a podcast with a friend, guys. Our podcast or a podcast? Ours. Oh. Also, guys, I just want to say that if I say something that seems like it was targeted towards you... Maybe you're a highly sensitive person, am I right? <laughs> if you're someone who randomly listened to our podcast, then I know it might have been about you. But if you're one of our regular listeners, it's not about you. Because <laughs> I realized I said some stuff that might have seemed like it was related to stuff I've talked about with our regular listeners, realize sometimes I say things and I forget conversations I have. So just know that if you're a regular listener, I love you, and I am not talking any shit on you. If you are someone who listened to our podcast just because you read the title and you thought maybe this is about me, it's probably about you. Mm -hmm. I'm drunk and will regret this, but don't take this out. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Have a good week. Yeah, bye! <laughs> yeah, hi.